Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor. Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. Yeah. Welcome back to Spooky Season. <sighs> Eek, spooky Jody. I'd say Spooky Jody's back, but he never really left. <laughs> That's true. Speaking of, I'm Spooky James. <laughs> <laughs> and, and James has already introduced me, so. <laughs> spooky Jody, run away, run away. <laughs> Wait, why would Spooky Jody run away? But anyway, so so we've been recording a bit. Might be a little tipsy. I'm, I'm still working on my same three Floyd's rights of Ram, so. Oh, so you're still working on your nice 5% session ale. Yeah, something tells me you're um, a little deeper in the woods there. I'm, I'm so far in the woods, I should be an Icelandic folklore creature. <laughs> <laughs> you should be on a black metal album cover. <laughs> so, but in the previous, well, yeah, yes, I, I was... I finished a 32 ounce growler of uh, just a 5%, but it's 32 ounces during Holy the shit. Now, because Jody said that it's kind of up to me as to the order we're going to put these out. I thought yeah. the one we're doing now can be the first one that comes out. Okay. Because I've been saving a Nosferatu Imperial Red Ale from Great Lakes Brewing since last Ooh, Halloween. Nice. To, uh, yeah, because it's, we're recording this at a certain time where the new ones are going to come out in a couple weeks, so I'll go get more, but I saved this one for this episode. Awesome. Mm, so when we're done with this episode, that'll be 12 ounces of an 8% ale that's also going to be done. But anyway. Yeah. That's that's what I have going on there. I'm also chomping on my candy corn fun mix, so I might be a little crunchy. I, oh, you're always crunchy. No, that's always, true. You're always salty, too. <laughs> Hey, this has peanuts in it. <laughs> or um, uh, not pe- It's got peanut butter pretzels. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. That's some salty stuff. Yeah. Ooh, I could, I could have my smoked peanuts. Could have some smoked peanuts. Yes, but I'd have to get up and go get them. Yeah, you would. And I'm not going to. <laughs> but anyway, let's, let's move on. Yes. But yes, welcome to the start of October Country Spooky Season, our Halloween Blitzkrieg 2022. Yay! Wait, 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 wait. Yay! Ah, Spooky Jody! (laughs) (laughs) Run away while he's looking for his peanuts. (laughs) Peanuts. Nuts. (laughs) Hey, want to help me find my nuts? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, but no. Would you like to guess? So I, I think I gave you a couple options. You know which one I picked? Um, no. In the late 1700s, a Dutch merchantman, the Fliegender Hollander, sailing vessel was coming back from the East Indies with a cargo full of exotic trade goods, such as silks, dyes, and spices from the East. Since Jody's first episode was taken from another culture and country, I thought, fuck yeah. it. This one too. Actually, it's just a, a spooky happenstance. I, this is the one I picked. <laughs> but as they rounded the Cape of Good Hope, a storm came up. Crew begged the captain to turn around and head into port. The, where ships go, not the alcohol. 
but the captain ignored a lot of them. And he said, we'll make it through the storm or may the devil take my ever restless soul. He Guess shouted, what happened? <laughs> yeah, he shouted this above the growing din of lightning strikes and thunder peals. Those were the last sounds the captain and crew were to ever hear as the waves rolled in and the ship capsized and sank to the bottom of the sea. Wait a minute. How does anybody know this? Well, we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> just, just hold on. We'll get there. Okay. But yeah, I actually had the same question. I wasn't sure I should bring it up, but uh, <laughs> Jody, that bastard, he's going to bring it up. So. <laughs> but the Deflegender Hollander is. I thought you were going to say your Flyder Mouse. <laughs> the Flyder Mouse. Oh, which is funny because uh -huh. in the next episode, I'm going to be talking about somebody who played the tick. <laughs> Another episode. The Flegender Hollander is the Flying Dutchman. The oh. Yeah, the legend of the Flying Dutchman, this ghost spooky ship of the doomed and damned undead. Mm hmm goes back to the late 18th century when sailors allegedly saw a ghost ship that foretold imminent doom or disaster. I'm not sure what the difference between those are, but what the hell. Hmm. Okay. Captain Hendrik van der Decken, a.k.a. the Dutchman, since, since he was from Amsterdam, is considered mm -hmm. the Dutchman, whose name is also bound with the ill-fated ship. The ship was lost to sea, and superstitious sailors claimed the ghost ship could be seen hovering above the waves and emerging from underneath, and it was a harbinger of bad luck. They say that the captain is fated to roam the seas until the end of time, and that Satan offered Vanderdecken a chance at salvation if he could secure the love of a woman, allowing him to make landfall every seven years until he achieved this task. Which is mm -hmm. where it is possible that's how people found out what happened. Oh, okay. In any case, though... Didn't the they do that in one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies? Well... We'll get to there soon. Okay. Well, you know what? Fuck it. Yes. The, okay. the well, I didn't mean to throw you off. I just no, no, that's fine. <laughs> I'm, no, fuck. Right now, that wouldn't take much of a <laughs> effort. No, no. Uh, you can if you look up the Flying Dutchman, you'll see overlaps with the Pirates of the Caribbean, and, and there are overlaps. You got the doomed damn sailors with the captain who fucked them all up, and and yeah. they need to get the woman and. And the love of everything and and everything and yeah you know that they don't have the coins that make them look human until they get moonlight or whatever right they're, they're just undead all the time except for the seven years where the captain gets to go you know to, to okay. land but yeah you'll see a lot of overlap but sure probably influenced by the flying dutchman okay and i, I don't want to get too sidetracked because i actually kind of dig oh, yeah. some aspects of some of the movies Especially yeah. the first one was good. Oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, in any case, the fate mm -hmm. of the Flying Dutchman remained the same. The ship was lost at sea, and superstitious sailors claimed the ghost ship could be seen hovering above the waves. I already said that. I had that copy twice. Then emerging from underneath <laughs> and harbinger bad luck, the captain and... Oh, here we go. The captain and eternal undead sailor with his ghostly crew. Uh, ghostly uh, crew. Different than a motley crew. Yeah. Because these guys actually remember the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> or Vince. 
Uh, as long as no none of them get on Instagram again to show their third leg, I'll be okay. Uh, uh, you know, uh, okay, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I, 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 I managed to avoid that. Yep, I did too, and I'm ready to move on. <laughs> yep. Hey, the Flying Dutchman doesn't he harass SpongeBob SquarePants too? He's also in SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> rather one of the antagonists of different parts and actually some of those are the best episodes oh yeah <laughs> i love those and the ones with uh neptune the god of the sea yep <laughs> but 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 nonetheless <laughs> i actually think i took that out too because i don't want to make too many notes so this one's on you <laughs> all right oh you know what else is in spongebob squarepants what's that they, they get scared of the hash slinging slasher and then they get freaked out when the lights start flickering on and off. And then they look over and they're like, Nosferatu. And it shows the Nosferatu from the movie flicking the light switch. And it's funny. Yep. That but, is uh, one of my favorite scenes of all time. Thank you. Because he even and, smiles. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the best SpongeBob scenes ever. Anyway. <laughs> but I brought that up because I wanted to drink him a Nosferatu. Uh, see, it was, it was appropriate. It was. Pertinent. Appropriate. Apropos, all those words, things. <laughs> but now I'm going to give some of the sightings and writings because there are other reports such as, well, here, here's my note. There are other reports such as them being drunk or the being a rebellion. But again, things that you wouldn't know, except unless you talk to some of them. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming the captain would not admit to the rebellion because that makes him look bad. Right. But I'm going to focus on the spooky. Yeah, let's do that. All right. So the first one is a sighting and writing by John McDonald in 1790. Oh, he's Scottish. Scottish. The weather was so stormy that the sailors said they saw the flying Dutchman. The common story is that this Dutchman came to the Cape in distress of weather and wanted to get into harbor, but could not get a pilot conductor and was lost. And now ever since in very bad weather, her vision appears. Hmm. Bleh. And then in 1795, George Barrington, an English lab, lab, I was going to say chap and lad, and it came out lab. That's not even the appropriate consternation of consonants there. Wouldn't that be lap? Sure. <laughs> you know, like lap dance? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly I don't want like one. I, I don't want one from him. Thank you. You don't know what he might. He might be a very attractive man in a dress. <laughs> George Barrington. George uh -huh. Barrington of Brad's Brass Flamingo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to move on. <laughs> uh huh. What did he see? He wrote because he didn't see it, but he wrote. No. I had often heard of the superstition of sailors respecting apparitions and doom, but never given much credit. It seems that some years since a Dutch man of war was lost off the Cape of Good Hope and every soul on board perished, that, I'm going to skip the stupid part, they were sailed by a violent tempest nearly in the same latitude. In the night watch, some of the people saw or imagined they saw later on. Wow, he wrote this like shit. <laughs> this is later. This other vessel saw this a vessel standing from under press of sail as though she would run them down one in particular firm that it was a ship that had foundered in the former gale and must certainly be an apparition of her but on clearing up the object dark thick cloud 
disappeared. Wow, this dude writes like shit, man. I I even copied and pasted this straight over. This is not my notes. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of this phenomenon and the mind of sailors stuck. And when they arrived in port, the story spread like wildfire as the wild wildfire. <laughs> wildfire. <laughs> the supposed phantom was called the flying Dutchman. Oh, you suck. Jesus, George. I hope you're a better lap dancer than you are writer. <laughs> then we move on to John Leiden in 1803. It is common superstition of mariners that in the high southern latitudes on the coast of Africa, which is where the Cape of Good Hope is, I should have said that it's on the, the very bottom of Africa where sailors would go around from yeah. Europe to the Far East. Yeah. Yeah. But hurricanes are frequently ushered in by the appearance of a specter ship denominated the flying dutchman the crew of this vessel are supposed to have been guilty of some dreadful crime in the infancy of navigation and to have been stricken with pestilence and are ordained still to traverse the ocean on which they perished till the period of their penance expire and i'm gonna skip a couple of these because they just kind of say that you know well you know what no actually all the other ones are good except for this one so fuck it we're going to go, we're going to skip Thomas More, which Aww. is the great ancestor of Dennis More. <laughs> Thomas More, Thomas More, your writing also sucks. <laughs> you listen to our Monty Python episode not too many weeks ago, you'll, you'll know what that means. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to move on to Sir Walter Scott. Ooh, another Scotsman. Another Scotsman and and we've talked about him in a previous episode with, uh, I think, during Robbie Burns Day episode. We talked about Sir Walter Scott a bit, too. Uh, do you think you are correct? I know we've talked about him. We, we, or it could have been a whiskey episode. Yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, Robbie Burns, whiskey. It's all the same. <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> but Sir Walter in 1812. 1812 uh, doesn't rhyme near as well as 1814 all right um anyway originally a vessel loaded with great wealth on board of which some horrid act of murder and piracy had been committed it is said that the apparition of the ship is considered by the mariners as the worst of all possible omens hmm. you said horrid act yes i heard hordak i'm like what the hell does he man in the masters of the universe have to do with this <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to be good i want to be evil <laughs> okay any, anyway because that's a tangent i will that's a soapbox i'll get on anyway <laughs> all right but then from a british trading vessels logbook in 1835 they wrote they had a near collision with the ghost ship, the ghost ship on a stormy night which was, was sailing a under- stormy night it's a dark and stormy night. Snoopy made it, maybe wrote this one. Oh, okay. But anyway, they, 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 they almost <laughs> had a near collision. Wait, almost had a near collision. They almost had a collision, which would be a near collision. Uh-huh. With the ghost ship, which is sailing under full sails, but disappeared soon. The five men on the bow that first saw it and shouted a warning would be swept off the ship to their deaths from the storm just after the sighting. Ooh. So... Not just people writing, but an actual logbook stating that people died. Yeah. But perhaps one of the best ones was written by Prince George of Wales in 1881. Really? 
Yes. And I'll get to who Prince George is in a second, but I'll do the, the spooky part first. Okay. But Prince George was on a three-year board, forage. Jesus. <laughs> we met a Jesus and Joseph. This is some good fucking ale. <laughs> he was on a three-year voyage. Wasn't that like a three-hour tour? Shut up, Gilgan. <laughs> he was on a three-year voyage during his late adolescence in 1880 with his elder brother, Prince Albert Victor of Wales. Uh-huh. No, I've never had Prince Albert in the can. <laughs> and, yeah. And their tutor, John Neil Dalton. They temporarily shipped into HMS Inconstant after the damaged rudder was repaired in their original ship, the 4,000-ton Corvette. Well, I, I think it's pronounced Picante. I'm not really sure. I'm not even going to spell it. Fuck it. Look it up. <laughs> the prince's logs indeterminate as to which prince, due to later editing before publication, they record the following for the pre-dawn hours of July 11th, 1881, off the coast of Australia in the Bass Strait between Melbourne and Sydney. So not the Cape of Good Hope, but it also would not be the first time they saw it. People have seen it. We're not, we'll get to one that's also not on the Cape of Good Hope. Okay. So July 11th at 4 a.m., the Flying Dutchman crossed their bows, a strange red light as of a phantom ship all aglow in the midst of which light, the masts, spars, and sails of a brig 200 yards distance stood out in strong relief as she came up on the port bow, where also the officer of the watch from the bridge clearly saw her as did the quarterdeck midshipman, who was sent forward at once to the forecastle. But on arriving there, there was no vestige, nor any sign whatever of any material ship was to be seen either near or right away to the horizon, the night being clear and the sea calm. Thirteen persons altogether saw her. Wow. Now, at 10.45 a.m., six hours, 45 minutes later, the ordinary seaman who had this morning reported the Flying Dutchman first fell from the four topmast cross trees onto the top gallant forecastle and was smashed to atoms. Impressive. <laughs> they can make atoms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that is actually from their log, the atoms and all. Wow. Yeah, Ooh. he had to hit pretty hard. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, I'm assuming I just mean he got all gooey and bloody, but yeah, yeah sure, whatever. Not sure they knew exactly what atoms were back in. <laughs> but... No, I, yeah, because I don't remember when that was actually theorized. I thought it was a little later in this, but it wouldn't have been too much further. So you know, atoms were a thing, and I think they're starting to yeah things together. But I'm not going to look it up because I'm not either. But what I will do is say that Prince George ended up being King George V. Uh-huh. He was born in 1865. So, you know, teenager at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, he reigned from 1910 to 1936. You know, 16 at the time, in fact, because I have that note because I looked up his birthday in conjunction with the dates this happened. He was 16. Okay. But his older brother, Prince Albert, who was born in 1864, he died in 1892 which was before the end of his grandmother's reign, who was Queen Victoria. Mm -hmm. We are not amused. <laughs> but that, that is why he did not become king and his younger brother did. Ah. Victoria reigned from 1837 to 1901. And their father's reign, King Edward VII, was 1901 to 1910. Then Prince George. Okay. 
So anyway, if you're wondering why the younger brother was the future king, that's why. That's why. So and, it would have been it would have been George's son who was the father of the current Queen Elizabeth. Was it? Because I think there's another person who abdicated in there somewhere. Because he married yeah. a US actress, debutante, something. Yes. Yeah. So I'm so that yeah. would have been in there somewhere too, yeah. Yeah. So okay, yeah, yeah, because it would have it would have gone to somebody else in the family when he abdicated. I hell, I don't know. Yeah, I think it went to the the younger brother. Yeah. Which is fine because we all know younger brothers make the better monarchs. Yes. Hail to the king, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some sugar. Gotta take a banana marshmallow sandwich. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna move on. <laughs> Go ahead. In 1939, so jumping forward. 50, 60 years. Uh, residents of Cape Town, South Africa, specifically a group of people on Glencarren Beach, claimed to see a vessel under full sail before it suddenly disappeared. Mm. Then, during World War II, which lasted from 1939 to 1945—it uh, doesn't give the year, but somewhere in that range—a German uh -huh. submarine crew under the command of Nazi Admiral Karl Donitz supposedly saw a ghost ship in the Suez Canal. And that's another one that's fairly far away because the Cape of Good Hope is 5,835 nautical miles from Suez in Egypt. Yeah, so you're talking about South Africa all the way up to North Africa. Yeah, yeah, it's not really on the East Indies route either because they uh -huh. would have been more in the sea, but still near enough that it's plausible, especially considering what the princes saw near Australia. Yeah. And then Prince... Prince, I just said Prince, British writer Nicholas Montserrat also spotted something akin to the Flying Dutchman during his time with the Royal Navy in World War II, although he did not actually specifically say it was the Flying Dutchman, he just saw a ghost ship. Because we've talked about SpongeBob and we yeah. talked about Pirates of the Caribbean, I, I do want to mention that written literature in 1790, 1795 tell of a ghost ship that appeared in stormy weather. We talked about those, mm -hmm. but the true legend appeared when Richard Wagner's opera in 1843 that it ah. really became a thing. And he, he did it to the Flying Dutchman. It's adapted from uh, adopted from an episode in Heinrich Hein's satirical novel, The Memoirs of Mr. Von. <laughs> here we go, Schnappelwapatsky, <laughs> in in which a character attends a theatrical performance in the Flying Dutchman. And, Amsterdam and they they use that and then uh Wagner does the opera and I'm not going to go into this whole thing but this is where it really became a huge legend and really became into the uh what's the word I'm looking for zeitgeist ah yeah but it, it's some of these information the plays and everything actually take place in the North Sea off Scotland instead of the Cape of Good Hope so some of the information got confiscated with other bits of things, and there we go. But that's not spooky. And there's there's even another origin story about a different captain, but I, I, I don't think that actually works super, super well because of the lack of information. And they, they, they try to make this Captain Bernard Falk or Falkenberg into this thing where he's like, 
Well, I'm the one who knew how to get to the East Indies. It is my idea. Yeah. <laughs> but any, anyway, yeah. uh, you know, he sold his soul to get great speed during a game of dice with the devil, but whatever. But I, but I do want to bring this up because this could be an arc for us. Going to run this by Jody. Sure. The story served as imagery for Samuel Taylor Coleridge's Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner in 1798. I actually was thinking Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner when you were describing the undead people on the ship. Yes. Yeah, so my idea for an arc is this is number one. Number uh-huh. two is actually the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. And if we don't have something more stable for our end of the year Iron Maiden episode, we do Iron Maiden's Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner as a three-part arc. Works for me. Cool. That works for me, too, because I have a big-ass note highlighted in bold face that says, which we could do another episode on so <laughs> it doesn't get sidetracked with Iron Maiden. <laughs> uh-huh. Thinking ahead. Uh-huh. Would you like to know possible explanations for these um, from the scientific community? Yes. Yes, yeah. I would. Somebody has to be the skeptic. <laughs> Bonfire! Bonfire! <laughs> Ejacularity. <laughs> Ejacula what? <laughs> Ejacularity. Words funny when. No, never mind. <laughs> so it's when clowns orgasm. <laughs> I was going to say, does that have something to do with sex with clowns? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know why you should never eat a clown? Because it tastes funny. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, scientifics. Yes. All these sightings have possible scientific explanations called Fata Morgana. Uh, It has nothing to do with um, the Morgan uh, or Lady Morgana. Right. This phenomenon, phenomena, do 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 do, (laughs) phenomena. <clears throat> this phenomenon occurs when, when light refracts and bends through different temperatures of the air. So the surface of the ocean is the perfect medium for this anomaly to happen. Especially true if someone sees a shimmery mirage along the horizon. Uh, you can even sometimes see it on the hot asphalt when heat waves rise. You know, when you yeah. it, it's like, yeah, so that. And so it's sort of a distance play of light type of thing. And if there's a ship beyond the horizon and the light bends around the curve of the earth the right way, you might see that ship sort of above the actual ocean. And by the time you get there, it's gone because the other ship has also moved and the light refractions changed. Makes sense. It does. And, you know, sometimes even if it's an omen that's scientifically explained, you can still be scared and die. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I do have. I do have more on that in a second, but before that, I wanted to mention two other things because Flying Dutchman's in all sorts of media. Yeah. We've already talked about three of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But the actual Flying Dutchman, I'm just going to mention two that overlap with the podcast. Mm -hmm. There are more. A Dutch symphonic black metal band, Karak Ungren, wrote a concept album about the Flying Dutchman entitled Death Came Through a Phantom Ship. Cool. And I know I've, I've mentioned this band at least once, probably just once. Yeah. They're, they're quite awesome. And, 
and even though we don't really we haven't talked much about David Bowie, I know we've mentioned him. Yeah. But a tin machine fronted by David Bowie mentions it in their song, however the fuck, Amlapura on the Tin Machine 2 1991 album. I think I've got their debut album. I don't think I have their second one. I don't have either of them. Oh, that's why I've always mentioned I love David Bowie. He's one of the people I like a lot, and I've never bought an album from. Yeah. I've got very few David Bowie albums. All right, but would you like to hear the final fate of the Dutchman? Yes. All right. In 1958, Brave Adventures went out to discover what happened and recorded their exploits in... 1959 published articles. Hmm. The main explorer was a member of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers Club, which was founded in Italy in 1538. He happened to find a cache, or as I would have pronounced it incorrectly as a kid, a cache mm-hmm. of Dutch ship logs and discovers a lost ship full of gold bullion called the Fredneter Hollander that wrecked off the coast of South Africa. South Africa. South Africa. Yeah. Uh, he was actually able to read these because he could read Dutch um, because he, he, before becoming an explorer, he actually was a salesman. He did all sorts of things. But anyway, he was able to read the logbooks from his time selling wind to the windmill makers along the Zetter Zee, which is a river and is Dutch for Southern Sea and, and you know, Dutch land. <laughs> <laughs> so when they arrived to Cape Town, they discover the, they discover the supposed curse. Mm-hmm. They do have several mishaps along the way. I won't give all this out because I, I'll, I'll point out where you can find uh, the articles towards the end here. Okay. Several mishaps along the way, including losing their wheel and compass. Uh, they were stuck in a, a current due to a fishing hook mishap that flipped over the map. Um, one of the one of the members of the party liked to fish, and the, when he went back to swing the hook, it caught the map and flipped it over. So they kind of got screwed up on the direction and. Got stuck in a current. Yeah. But here is where they actually discovered a ship flying against the wind with blood red sails. But okay. they do eventually float in the current, takes them, which is lucky because their food stores were running out. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they float down south and get into some ice flows. And here they actually discover the ghost ship. But it's huh. just a ship. It's stuck in ice. In the mirage aspect of the Fata Morgana with the reflective skies of the Aurora Borealis had reflected the image across hundreds of miles. Ice packs had made it stack up. That's what made it seem to float above the water and the direction it faced was why it looked like it could go against the wind. Okay. And uh, here they found the gold waiting 300 years along with the new wheel and a compass and some stored, stored food, which was at the time even more valuable than the gold because they needed to get out. Yeah. And uh, the fisherman even finds a little fishing shanty, you know, they can put up on the forecastle, but later discovers it's rotten as he catches a swordfish and it crashes through the wood, almost piercing his leg. (laughs) But if you'd like to read more about this particular adventure and these adventurers, Uh their names are Scrooge McDuck and his nephews Donald, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Oh, why am I not surprised? <laughs> there's a whole, there's one of the best, best issues ever. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they still haven't discovered what actually has happened with the Dutchman. <laughs> nice. 
Nice. But that is what I have on the Flying Dutchman. Cool. Now I have even more reasons not to go out on the ocean. Yeah, along with the other couple dozen. Yeah. You know, whales. Whales being another. I like whales. Now you can, I like them when they're in their environment and yeah. I'm in mine. Yeah. But anyway, but that's what I have. Cool. Do you have anything yourself, my good sir? Not that I need to see a doctor about. Oh, good. You got that cleared up. Excellent. Yeah. All right. <laughs> How many shots of penicillin that take? All of them. <laughs> that's why they didn't have any when I went in for mine, jerk. <laughs> No, they just didn't want to give you any. That makes sense, too. <laughs> yeah, that's Spooky James, run away! <laughs> All right. But anyway, we should let you go. Uh-huh. Hopefully you've enjoyed the first of many spooky things this month. Yeah. We have. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but while you're enjoying spooky things, rate us, review us, share us, follow us. Uh-huh. And come back soon because we're going to have lots of episodes this month. Yeah. But until then, I'm Spooky James. I'm Spooky Jody. And we will spook at you later. Bye. Eek. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. Now uh-huh. can you say at least I'm not deep in the closet like Rob? <laughs> Wait, you just did. Yeah, damn it. That's better than smoking penis. <laughs> Leave Rob out of this. <laughs>